Well, good day, everybody, and welcome back to the extras. My name is Sam, and I'm Raj. It's great to be with you guys for another week of the extras. And Raj, we have got a bumper episode today. Do. I just want to say I'm so encouraged that the people across St Paul's um, are so keen to get into God's Word. Yeah, and wrestling with. Um, um, so many things coming out of a text. Just a few verses and yet just a stack of questions. Yeah, I, I think questions are good. Questions are a sign of engagement. Um, they can be a sign of a lack of clarity, but I don't think that's what they are here. They're, they're <laughs> Thank a, you for throwing <laughs> that in, Sam. They're a sign of, of engagement and we love that you're engaging. Please keep sending them in. We, we know that on a Sunday we only get time for one or two on a Sunday. Uh, we've got 17 to do uh, this afternoon and that's a good sign, I think. So please keep wrestling. We, you know, God's got answers and we want to try and uh, get to them where, where we can. So let's let's dive in. We're in Ephesians 1. It might be good to have your Bible handy if you're um, somewhere where you can read along. Um, that, that might be good. Uh, and the first one's from, from verse 13 of Ephesians, uh, which is actually our previous passage in the, in the spiritual yeah. blessings, which tells us that the, um, the Holy Spirit is given as a deposit that guarantees our inheritance until the redemption. And so there's two questions here. Um, uh, why is the Spirit given before redemption? That's the first one. We'll come back to the second one in a minute. Why is the Spirit given before redemption? Yeah, look, this is an excellent question. Um, and as I said in the congregation where it, it kind of came up, redemption in the Bible is, is not simply a future point in time. Mm. It is also something that has happened when the Lord Jesus has already come and died on the cross. Mm. And um, we, the, the technical term is eschatology, the last days, things of the last days. Yep. And the testimony of the Bible is that the last days have begun with, mm. with the death and resurrection of Jesus. And um, so the Spirit is given... Um, after the death and resurrection of Jesus, yep. and it's called a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance because when Jesus returns, the full impact mm. of that will be yeah. um, given to us. So it's like a, a little foretaste kind yeah. of now, yeah, yeah. Um, um, preparing us and our hearts for the future. And the Bible can speak about that in a few, a few different ways on like words like redemption and salvation. It, you know, it talks about we, we have been saved, we have been redeemed, we, we are being saved, we, we are being redeemed and we, we will be saved and we will, will be redeemed because there is a nowness to it and a, yeah. and a not yetness yeah. to it, which is how one of the sort of tensions as we do eschatology. Isn't yeah, it? I mean, that's one of the catch cries of how um, we try to help people understand it. Mm. The now, but not yes. Yes. So yep. already now we have all of the blessings. So the Ephesians 1 blessings, yep. you know, that, that diamond which we shift around, all of those blessings are reality now because Jesus has come. Mm. Um, and yet we we also see there's more to come. Mm. Yep. Um, okay. Yeah. Nice. Um, well, let me ask the second part of this question then. Um, given our passage this week in 15 to 23, which is all about growth and, and going forward and knowing God better, which is a really helpful way of thinking about it. use the image of a plane going forward. Um, the second part of this question is, look, do we therefore need to do the stuff like know God better in order to be redeemed um, at, at the end? Yeah, I think it's important. It's a great question again. It's, it's, it's a long question one. Um, hmm. <laughs> Knowing God better is like um, part of the evidence of being saved rather than a means of being saved. Mm. 
and heading down the track of a means of being saved, be it, be it that category or a number of other things mm. by way of works or behaviours or whatever it is, we head down the, the, the wrong track yep. of being saved by what we do. Mm. So that is that is not the case. And yet at the same time in the Bible, um, um, the evidences of a Christian faith or the fruit of a spirit as explained in Galatians 5 or yep. the connection in James chapter 2 of faith and deed, it is very strong. Mm. But it's always put in terms of evidence mm. of being saved rather than means of being saved. Yeah. The only means of being saved is through Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, or justification yeah. by faith alone. As the saying has gone, so which is where we're getting into this this coming week, isn't it? It is indeed. Um, I mean, I, I liken that to um, a little bit like a, a, a different relationship. Your relationship, like I'm married um, now. What what made me married to Soph? Well, it was it was uh, a moment when we made promises to each other, uh, and there was a sort of decisive moment where we became husband and wife. But now, now I knew her at that point. Uh, but but I've now spent the last fifteen years knowing her better and better, and out of knowing her more and more and more. Uh, I do things that you know please her and honour her. It's not that doesn't make me married. We're already married, but yeah. it's evidence of the relationship that has been established. It's a good way to look at it. Yeah. So yeah. I, and it's, I think it's the same with a, a relationship we've got. Yeah. Or when you have kids, it's the same thing. Same it's thing. An ongoing kind of. They're thing. already your child, but you know them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and at no point do you say you kind of. Mm. You know, you're my wife. Now it's all done. You know, like that's right. I'm not interested in knowing you anymore. We've we've done it. <laughs> I hope Nicole's listening and heard that. <laughs> Very good. All right, let's push on. Um, I'm going to go to uh, this one here. Uh, what does it mean when Paul says that he prays that the eyes of their heart would be enlightened? Yeah, thank you. Um, the eyes of your heart. I think it's a way of well. So firstly, just, just not to assume, mm. um, the way it's put means God must work. Mm. It's not up to us to work. We're going to hit that again in Ephesians 2, actually. Yep. God is behind um, every aspect of salvation. Mm. And here it's put about, you know, the, the eyes of one's heart being enlightened. In other places, talked about a veil that's being lifted. Mm. Um, God must do the work. Okay. Now, coming to the expression of the eyes of your heart, um, I think that's trying to just get us to think about every part of our being. Mm. and it's not limited to the intellect intellect's important yep. in the bible constantly knowledge is important we come to that even in this passage but it wants to go even deeper and it wants to go right to the very core of our being the heart mm. and the eyes it's 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 it's, it's wanting our, our our hearts to see the truth of the gospel mm. and for that therefore to impact everything the the the, the way in the modern day things are being split up you know we talk about the heart the soul the mind mm. that that's a modern day thing Yep. In the Bible, it's far more holistic. Yeah, okay. When we're transformed by the gospel, yep. the key is the heart, and this is really narrowing it even more so, the eyes of our heart, mm. so that we might have clarity there, yep. but then impacts everything. Fantastic. Yeah. Do you want to add anything to that, Sam? No, I think that's right. I mean, and I guess it shows you that... Um, like sometimes we pray for very sort of physical concerns, so, you know, get an eye test, my eyes are failing, pray that God will give you my sight. There's a more important sight, isn't there, than just what your your eyes can see. There's actually that you that you can see uh, the things of God that, and, and yeah. that God gives you that kind of sight is the most important thing, you know. Ever. An image of a heart, just a really interesting one because, you know, we can know something intellectually, mm. 
but in our heart, it just it, it's a very deep picture of transformation. It is, isn't it? Yeah, from the very centre. From the very centre. Yeah. Okay, that's great. Uh, all right, let's push on. Um, same, same verse, so we're in um, uh, Paul's prayer in verse 18 about the eyes of your heart. And, and then what he asks is that, um, uh, sorry, in verse 17, just before that, he, he says, I pray that the, the glorious Father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Uh, so what, what is that spirit of wisdom? Is that a couple of questions on this? Is that the Holy Spirit, first and foremost, or is it is it wisdom from the Holy Spirit, or is it some other spirit? What, what is that? Yeah, thank you. I Look, I take it as the Holy Spirit. I mean, verse, you know... Uh, 13 has just talked about mm. being sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Yes. And so the way I've taken it is that that spirit mm. um, uh, now works in us wisdom and revelation mm. uh, to know God better. Yeah. Okay. And it would make complete you know, sense of the text just to, to... That's the end that's being talked here. And so the spirit is, is the instrument by which God... God gives is, these things. Gives these things. Mm-hmm. Um, wisdom, it's a remarkable image, really. The, mm-hmm. the wisdom and the revelation, and there's a purpose to mm-hmm. know him better. Yes, yep. Um, so so it, just in those few words, it just really mm-hmm. does um, help us understand. Yep. Um, and it, it, another little thing happening behind the scenes in the text here, I think, is the Spirit, you know, is working through... Um, revelation, mm. you know, and so the Spirit and the Word of God are working together, mm. and they must work together. Yep. And that we talked about before about being enlightened and the work of God in doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and here we just have a little insight into how those different aspects work mm. together. So it's not just at the moment of conversion that perhaps God opens your eyes, the eyes of your heart to see, but even ongoingly in the Christian life that, that God grants wisdom and revelation to, to grow to grow the disciple as well as to kind of save the disciple yeah well and that's the context here right yeah you know the the we've been saved ephesians 1 and the ephesians is talking about verse 15 um this is why since i heard about your faith in the lord jesus Mm. so he's talking to christians yep yep and he's talking about the ongoing work of the spirit in christians yep yep wisdom revelation purpose knowing him better yeah yeah so that's helpful so the second half of the fifth one here is um to ask the question about people growing in the holy spirit and i wonder if that is uh, kind of picking up on Paul's language here, because he asked that God would give them the spirit of, of, of wisdom and revelation, yeah. which is something they've kind of already got back in verse 13, 14. Yeah. We, we've been given the spirit as a deposit. So in what sense is God, is he giving us more of it? Is he kind of amping up the wattage on the spirit? Or, or what's the what's the picture here? Yeah, I, I, I think when you look at the text here, it's not so much growing in the spirit as it's coming the question Mm -hmm. but the spirit is given so that we might know god better Mm. now i picked on the image in the sermon of a plane you know as opposed to a helicopter yes and the plane keeps and we were talking before sam and you just i think helpfully took that image you know to say you you just want the plane to keep soaring and growing and getting higher and higher and better and better yeah yeah and that's the kind of thing here, and and the spirit. Mm. I don't want to push these too far because you push illustrations too far. And, That's right. They never quite. There's no perfect illustration, know, they, is there? They, but they crash going. if I can mix the metaphor. <laughs> push away. Go um, go. Um, yeah. But it's almost like the spirit is part of the fuel that enables that plane to keep on going. Mm, okay. Um, yeah. You know, higher and higher. Yep. Um, 
knowing God better and better. Yeah, nice. nice. I mean, I, I was thinking as you were talking about that, that, the higher you get up, the better you see as well. You know, and there's a sense in which as you as you grow as a Christian, you, you, you see and understand and know God more clearly. But, I like that. Yeah. All right, let, let, let's keep moving along. We've got, we've got a few to do. So uh, can, number six, can Raj please explain, here we go, uh, more of what is the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people? Is that perfect fellowship with one another and why should I long for it? This is a, a brilliant question. Um, um, and so I, I talked about, you know, in the Bible, across different parts of the Bible, it talks about the inheritance we have in different ways. Mm. And there are certainly some really strong and inspirational passages that talk about the physical aspect of that. Yep. John 14, in my father's house, there are many rooms. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and other images that are quite physical. Yep. But here, this phrase is fascinating, mm. you know, in his holy people. Yep. It wants to focus us on the joy of um, the inheritance aspect of his holy people. Yeah. And and now it's just worth saying in this world, our fellowship is imperfect. Yep. Our relationships are marred mm. um, because of sin. We're still living in this imperfect world. Um, the picture we're given in Revelation, though, the last couple of chapters in particular, it's one of perfect fellowship with mm. God and also with his people. Mm. And and why should I long for it? I just I can hardly wait mm. um, to think of, and even just now thinking about it, I think about relationships I have with different people in this world who are impacted by sin, and I would love for nothing more than for those things to be resolved. Mm. Um, and and in heaven, a place where there's no more crying, no more pain, mm. no more you know that that kind of picture we have. Yeah, those things will be restored. Yeah. Um, so, so twofold dimension of that, you know, mm. with God and with His people. Yeah, yeah. I long for it. And it's interesting, isn't it, that that as He's looking forward to that in the in the sort of eternal end times, say where we're going to get to in this letter is that actually there's a there's now a kind of push for us as Christians to kind of work that out even now. It's a, yes. it's got a now and not yet kind of thing as well. It, it will be ours one day that glorious inheritance in the, in the saints, and yet even now. Where to strive? We're going to see in the back half of chapter two, in particular, to, to break down some of those horizontal yep. barriers between yep. people. People yep. now, yeah. All right. Uh, coming to the end of end of your chunk, verse twenty two to twenty three. Um, uh, someone's texting, asking. Look, it, it seems to say that the church is the fullness of Jesus, who fills everything in every way. Can you explain what this means? What do you think? Yeah, so verse 22. Sorry, could you just read that out in your translation? I can. Sam? Yeah, yeah, in, in the NIV. In the um, NIV. Yeah, and, and God placed all things under his feet and po- appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Okay, so um, this is a good question, and... I didn't see this one in advance, but there we go. Let me just pick up your translation here. Uh, So I get the words right. Mm. So, look, firstly, it's picking up again on that first half of Ephesians chapter 1. God placed all things under his feet. So verses 10 and 11, Mm. they talk about all things coming under the unity of Christ. Um, and, And we also see that Christ... It's going to pick up on this later on in Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to come to this in a really strong way that um, um, Jesus is the head of a church and yep. the human 
marriage is paralleled there. Yep. Um, and so it talks about the church as as the body of Christ. That's really powerful. Mm. We're all mm. part of that. We all have a different part to play. Other parts of the Bible talk about. Yep. Um, and um, in no small part, as the church then works together, we are the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. So it's talking about Christ, uh, pushing us to Christ as being the one who fills um, who, who completes everything and fulfills everything. Mm. Um, so I'm not sure if that's if I've explained what the question is asking for there. Mm. Sam, have I missed something you want to no, capture something? I think that's helpful. I mean, it, it, it's, it certainly is pointing us, I think, to, to the remarkable privilege we have as being part of the church, that somehow we are filled with, with sort of, um, yeah, as, as Christ is our head, we, we somehow enjoy something of God's fullness, which is an interesting little phrase. Colossians, uh, is it one or two, has, has a similar phrase, where, you know, that the fullness of God lives in, 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 in Christ in bodily form and we've been given fullness in Christ, that kind of everything that, yeah. you know, God put into Christ, we get to enjoy that ourselves. I wonder if Ephesians is getting at something kind of similar here. You know the bit I'm thinking of? Yeah, I do. Let's um, turn that up in a way we can, we can do on the extras. Sam. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, it's, uh, I think it's in um, 2 9, Colossians 2, verse 9. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ, you've been brought to fullness. He is the head, same idea as Ephesians, uh, over every power and authority. Yeah, um, and here it is, in, in Ephesians, it's extending that to the church. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, and, and as it does in Ephesians 5 as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, so there's something remarkable about being part of God's church that we get to enjoy something of, of the, the very godness of God. Like, it's, it's incredible when you it think really about it. It really is a very special privilege. Yeah. That we can take for granted. Yeah. Yeah. So, good question. And you got us kind of, you know, working that one through on the fly. But hopefully that's helpful for you. Great. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's push on. We've got a few sort of theological questions that have come out. Um, and there's some good ones. And, and the first one's a big one, which is in your image of the plane, you, you use the question of, you know, use the image of a plane either goes forward and upwards or it. If it stalls, it crashes. Um, so the question then came in, look, is it possible for a Christian to crash? Um, if, if their salvation is by grace and faith alone, then can I actually crash? Or you know, am, I, you know, am I saved and always saved? Once saved, always saved. Yeah, so this is a great question. And, you know, look, again, it, it can be troubling to take illustrations too far. Yep, yep. And um, we were talking before, Sam, and I really like and appreciate what you said and that is um, if you think of a, a use the plan as an image for Christian faith you want to go higher and higher and higher mm. and um, so many passages of the Bible point us to the assurance we have in salvation in Jesus Christ um, um, in fact Ephesians 2 is going to do that really powerfully for this week isn't it? which we're going to see this week Yep. Um, Romans 8 talks about nothing separating us from the love of Christ um, um, Jesus uses the image of sheep belonging to the Father, mm. and there's just so many different things in the Bible that just want to, you know, push us to Hebrews all the time. Just, you know, you 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 haven't come to a mountain that can be touched. You've come to the heavenly, yeah, something greater, you know, yeah, something greater. Um, and so, if you know Jesus, then you are saved. Mm. And and He's died on the cross. He's risen from the dead. There's forgiveness of sins. There's hope for the future. There's power over death. 
that this passage goes on to talk about. Um, and, and so I just want to encourage people uh, to take to heart the, the main point of this text, which is to the importance of knowing God better, mm. um, which happens through the Spirit. We talked about this a moment ago. The Spirit yep. works in giving us wisdom and revelation through the Word of God. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's a great joy to keep growing. Yeah. So, so the, the encouragement here is, is, it's less of a comment about can I fall away, more of an encouragement to say, look, if you're saved, don't, um, don't, don't rest on that. Actually push, push into the fullness of push it. Push on ahead and yeah. don't stagnate. Yeah. And um, there's so much more blessing. And yeah. We, we, I talked about this, I think, on Sunday, just the world and our personal experience of the world can be um, troubling. Mm. And and yet knowing Christ better um, in this process is just a wonderful thing that helps you have perspective in this world. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. Okay. So to our question though, can it can a Christian fall away? Can can they crash? Um, I think we're we're straying into an area here that is not clear to us in the Bible. Mm. And, and so I just want to pick up on the encouragement of a text here. Mm. Paul's prayer is to keep knowing God better. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember hearing a question time once that I found very helpful, which was expressing a similar kind of, you know, it, we're getting to the end of uh, our, our, the revelation of God. And so the answer was make sure you don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, make sure you don't. Yeah, there are warnings to say don't, but there's also reassurances to say Jesus knows his sheep and he won't yeah. let them go. Yeah. And then people go, well, I have the warnings. Well, I think the warnings are there to make sure that you heed them so that you yeah. stay with Christ. That's right. And you think of those pictures at the end, the, the, the revelation pictures were given before. Mm. Uh, Revelation seven, even the multitude gathered around the throne. Yeah, um, that's what that's what there is to long for. Absolutely, um, and there are just some things we're, we're not clear on here. Like, yeah, yep. you know, the Trinity is another one of those. Mm. How, how does that work? Yeah. So that's there's a few questions I've got. Yeah. To um, complete okay. my understanding, because at the moment my understanding is limited. And Scripture says that as much, doesn't it? You know, now we see as in a mirror dimly. Yeah. One day we're going to see. Yeah face-to-face, and yeah. we're going to go, oh, I get it. Yeah. 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 But I do just want to encourage people mm. um, to know that Jesus has died for them. Yep, yep. And and to love Jesus and to serve Jesus. Yeah. Um, and if I could just even skip ahead, if I may, Sam, into Ephesians 2. Yeah. And, and um, you know, a, well, a, a memory verse, two ways to live verse, yep. great yep. verses, eight and nine. Mm-hmm. You are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is God's gift, not from works, so that no one can boast. Amen. And it's an incredible thing, but yeah. that's also a taste of it for next week's sermon. Yep, fantastic. All right, uh, let's uh, let's keep going. Uh, we won't spend too long on this one, but a, a kind of a question, not particularly to do with your sermon, but someone's testing, look, we've got Ephesians 1 to 6. Is there more to come? Is there more Bible? Someone said, they said, are we going to get Ephesians 7, 8, and 9 in the, in the future? I don't know. Now, I'm not 100% sure what they're asking, but I'm wondering if they're sort of saying, look, how do we know that the bit of the Bible we've got is the full picture? The full picture. Is there more? And why, yeah. why wouldn't we just get a bit more of the Bible from drop down from heaven tomorrow to say, look, yeah. here's a bit more? Yeah. Um, look, this is um, a helpful question, I think. So the Bible has, you know, two testaments. And I say that. Not everyone knows that. It's worth mm. just remembering it that. Is. Um, you know, people growing up in a post-Christian age these days don't even know that. Yep. But two testaments. So, so the Old Testament, Jesus really in the first century, he came along 
and and he put his stamp and, and talked about the Psalms mm-hmm. um, and and the um, the writings, the writings, the prophets, the prophets, and the Psalms. Yep. That's the threefold kind of That's Old right. Testament canon, yep. which was what which is what we now have. When it comes to the New Testament, the kind of test for what is part of a New Testament, mm. um, um, are, if I can express it simply, people who were witnesses to Jesus Christ, who recorded um, his life, his work, his teaching, mm. and and the apostles. So Paul was given a special commission to do that, mm. and other people lived with Jesus. And um, so the Bible is the Bible. It comes back to the endorsement of the Lord Jesus. Mm. Uh, Hebrews 1 talks about that in his, in his last days yep. he's spoken to us by, by his son. son. Yep. Yep. And, and so... You know, it, it seems quite unlikely at a human level that 2,000 years after Jesus came into the world mm. that we're going to find, be it Ephesians 7, 8, 9 or, or something, something else. else. Yep. Um, and so my own my own view is it, it's not... The New Testament canon is not the New Testament canon because a certain council said it was, mm-hmm. because that's setting up human authority to determine yes. that. Yep, yep. Um, the New Testament canon is the New Testament canon because of Jesus. Mm. Um, and and after all of his time, so if there was something that could be proven to be going back to Jesus or one of the apostles who saw who lived with Jesus, mm. we would include it. Mm. Um, but you can imagine, two thousand years after, it's pretty hard to arrive at that. Indeed, um, you know, kind of conclusion. Pra- practically speaking, practically speaking, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, let's go in. Uh, there's more to be said there. If that's your question and you want to come and chat to one of us about that further, please do. Um, all right, uh, number 11, uh, picking up on your, ser- on your sermon series title, Rebels of Grace. Um, uh, the question is, are Christians in the majority? You, you've used the title Rebels of Grace. Should we perhaps consider ourselves as the minority now? Um, yeah, so, look, I, I think I picked up on the, that title, Rebels of Grace, to try to capture that exactly. Um, that is... Um, where rebels who have been saved by Christ is where mm-hmm. Ephesians 1 is taking us and Ephesians 2 is a bit like that too. Yep. But as we move through, we're actually going to see exactly this this exact point. We're, we're in yeah. the minority yeah. and we're living as rebels in the world. We're countercultural. We're countercultural. Mm. And and so I actually you know, endorse what the question is saying, that mm. actually living as a Christian these days yep. or really all through, well, at many times through the ages, but especially now, mm. we are living as rebels in in the minority, and yeah. that takes courage and it takes guts. Yep. But Ephesians is outlining for us the glorious inheritance and mm. rights. Yep, yep. No, that, that's really helpful. And, and I think that's that's good to keep reinforcing because there, there is this sense in some parts of our culture that, that's trying to pitch it as if as if uh, the Christian worldview is actually the majority that needs to be toppled. It, it's well and truly not the majority. It's it's very much the minority. And, and the some of the worldview forces that are seeking to topple it in inverted commas are actually, they're very much the majority view, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, already. Yeah. So. I think that's become clear it myself in the last 10 or 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, the forces that work to that end have been, been mm. operating for a few decades now. Yeah. 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 So, so take take courage, I guess, as a Christian and recognise that you are, yeah, you are in the minority and be a rebel of grace. Be a rebel of grace and keep looking backwards to the cross mm. and forwards to the inheritance that awaits. Yeah, nice. All right. Uh, question 12. Is God's destination... So if God's destination is to bring all things to Christ, well, what about non-Christians? Are, 
um, uh, yeah, are they, uh, I guess particularly, uh, the 13's kind of similar, Raj, um, because if destination for some people is hell, but, but Jesus won't be in hell, will he? Or, or will he? Yeah. So I think that the wording of the text, um, sorry, that is the Bible, not the question. Mm. The wording of the text is to bring all things under, um, um, under Christ, subject mm. to Christ. Subject to. And and so I think um, on Sunday what, what popped into my mind in thinking about this question was was that story Jesus told of the rich man and Lazarus. Mm. And the rich man is someone um, who who didn't have God as God yep. and was judged yep. and he ended up in a place of torment. Mm. Um, and that's when he realised that God was God. Mm. And his response was to cry out yeah. Um, and ask for salvation for himself initially, but then he realised mm. there was a chasm, and so he cried out and he asked that, that the messages might be sent to his brothers. Mm. So he wasn't with Christ, no, but he was subject to Christ. That's right. And I think that's what's going on here. Yeah, I think that's right. Philippians two has the same kind of idea that that you know one day every knee will bow, whether in heaven or earth or under the yeah. earth, all things will will bow the knee to Jesus. Some will bow to him as saviour and and in praise. Others yeah. will bow to him as Lord as they face judgment. But every knee will bow and, and yeah. will come under the the, um, the headship of Christ. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, a couple of application questions then to bring us home. Uh, love in action in Ephesus, this is question 14, uh, would have, this is great wording here, would have crossed impermeable social boundaries. Uh, what would this look like for us in our situation and culture, uh, or what ways are they similar? I love this question, mm. um, and we really are going to hit this question in Chapter 2. We are. In fact, you mentioned this earlier. Mm. And But look, a little teaser just now, perhaps, that... Um, Yes, indeed, love in action and the gospel in action mm. uh, tied very much together crosses all kinds of impermeable social boundaries. So mm. in Ephesians, that's Jew and Gentile, one of the greatest um, divisions within humanity that has ever existed. Mm. We struggle to relate to it now, but although we see glimpses of it and yep. we look at the treatment of the Jews around the world and even in the Holocaust and so on. Yeah. Um, but the gospel tran- transcends that. Mm. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we look at the, any human division now. The gospel should transcend. Now it's an imperfect world. Sometimes, yep. the full realization of that's going to be in the world to come. Mm. Um, um, in our situation, in our culture, and in our church, I think I want to. Mm. I've been having some fascinating conversations in that very area as I've been. Yeah getting to know some Pauls. Yep. Um, and so I might just, if it's okay, Sam, I might just leave that one there oh, and yeah, encourage yeah. people to yeah, watch tune the, in watch this space. Yeah, yeah a couple of weeks' time, second half of Ephesians 2. We'll, I think we'll, it's actually this week. Or even this week. So this week okay. we're doing all of Ephesians 2. Oh, we're doing the whole thing. Fantastic. And I thought, yep. um, I actually thought about splitting it up, mm. but I'll explain why I did them on Sunday. I'm looking forward to it. All right, watch this space. All right, uh, number 15, um, Paul's, passage here is all about a prayer, uh, praying that God would, would give us the, the spirit of wisdom and revelation so we can know him better. Question 15 is, is there a regular prayer meeting to ask the God of our Lord Jesus Christ uh, to give us that spirit that we might know him better? You know, I I would love to think that in our growth groups every week, there's a regular prayer meeting to do exactly that. Yeah, I hope so. And, and filling mm. that out in all kinds of different ways mm. um, as the scriptures fill out what that means and what that looks like. Yeah. Um, and and so um, 
I was talking the other day, Sam, as you're aware, just about the importance of prayer. Mm. Um, and maybe we'll, we'll, you know, we'll just look at that as a church, how we can do that. But, yep, yep. Um, but um, putting aside the complications of those logistics of all coming together in a particular way at a particular time and the limitations of that, yeah, yeah. every week I think we're already dispersed yeah. out in... Absolutely. You know, 70, 80, 90 pre, um, growth groups. And I think that's part of the reason, like just as an aside here, that we want to call them growth groups more than Bible study groups um, because we don't just, we do study the Bible and that is it, like going deeper in the word is, is a key part of what we do there. But we want to do more than that, don't we? We want to grow yeah. together. We want to pray together and go deeper, not just in word, but in prayer and in godliness and in fellowship. And so, yeah, if, if you're just studying the Bible and then it's 9.25 and you say a very quick amen and get out the door or have supper, the balance is not right. We need to be praying yeah. in those spaces every week. And, and one thing some groups can do and do do to mm. you know shift the balance yep. that needs to be shifted mm. is to start by praying. Yeah, indeed. Sometimes, yeah. so yeah. You, you can mix it up to try to get that balance yeah. right. And if you're not in a growth group, join one and uh, and join us in prayer every every, every week. All right, uh, number 16, Raj, in your talk, you challenge us with a question on what we can do better. In your 35, it's now 37, it's Tuesday. We're up to 37, uh, is, yeah. Is there anything you've noticed in your early stages that we as a church can practically work on doing better or on top of knowing God better? Um, look, it's early days for me yet. I love the question mm. and um, my... My head is full at the moment mm-hmm. of individual conversations and what people have said. Mm. I don't feel I'm in a position yet to draw conclusions from that. Yeah, sure. Um, um, but I just want to, you know, invite people to keep feeding into that process. Mm. Yep. And, and St Paul's is a very complex, diverse church. Yep. Um, and so there's going to be different answers to that question, I think, in different parts, different congregations, different that's groups, right. yeah. and yep. so on. Yeah. Okay. Well dodged. Well done. Well, uh, no, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> no, I, I think you're absolutely right to, to hold because it, you know, it takes time to get to know a church like ours, doesn't it? And uh, and not not giving answers too quickly to these kind of questions is actually a, a wise thing. Well, and we need to go through a you know a, a process as a church to to work out our priorities, and this very much feeds into that. That's right. That's you right. Know, kind of, and yep. it's not just about what's in my head; it's about. Yeah. The different teams across the place for the, yep. the brilliant teams that are operating so well already. Yeah, absolutely. All right, last one. Here we go. Uh, sometimes we strive to grow in, in the knowledge of God and we start to become knowledge-focused, possibly even legalistic, uh, and forget to have a personal relationship with God like the Pharisees did. Um, how can we have a good balance and not fall into that trap? Uh, I love this question, and uh, the premise is entirely correct. And that is, it is it is possible, and many do it. You you grow in knowledge, but the not it, it it stops at knowledge, mm. and what goes into your head doesn't impact your heart. If mm. I can pick up on that yep. modern day distinction, um, and so my encouragement is, in fact, you talked about this before as a growth group. Mm. Um, they're not just Bible study groups; they're growth groups. That's right. And so activities like praying. Mm. are really significant. I would encourage people to pray, you know, um, in twos and threes yeah. and pray for what's on your heart. Yeah. And uh, as you pray to the Lord and ask for his spirit to work in wisdom and revelation and transform your heart, yep. he will do so. Mm. Um, so that's one area. Another thing, uh, which I think I said on Sunday, other parts of the Bible 
tap into this and just talk about it in terms of um, um, your heart going where you put your action. And and so um, I'm thinking particularly of our use of money. Yep. You know, your your heart goes to where your treasure is. Yeah. And I think part of the dynamic there we can learn from, mm. that is you might not, if you wait for your heart to be in a certain place before you act, mm-hmm. there's a good chance you'll never get there. Mm. But if you go the other way around and you act, so you see you see a need the brother or sister has yep. and you exercise tangible love in them. It's the kind of thing Paul talks about here in Ephesians 1. Yep. Um, you then get the privilege of experiencing the joy that comes with expressing love. Yeah, no. Even though it was hard work. Yeah, yep. And that, there's a sort of um, a positive, what, what, what do you call that, a, a virtuous cycle in that, isn't That's it? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And so you do that with something small and you think, mm. you, you realize actually, I was thinking that was a sacrifice, mm. but actually it wasn't a sacrifice. Yeah. And look at the result. Yeah. And then you can just build on that over time. Yes. And and so they're the, the two things that I just would just come to mind. There's probably up to other things. Yeah. No, I, look, I think this pick up on something that, that's real. And, and I remember just a conversation I had with someone not so long ago who, who was sort of saying that they were feeling dry because they'd read the whole Bible through once and now that they were reading it again, they weren't learning anything new and so they felt like they weren't growing as a Christian. And I sort of you know, I heard all that. We had a good talk about that. But I sort of gently then pushed back. I said, well, what do you think growing actually is? Is it just knowing more about God or is it actually taking what you know and, you know, putting it into practice, actioning love? Do you think there's nothing left to do on that front? You know, you know? Uh, and I think sometimes we can equate Christian growth with, I know a bit more about God. I've learned something new. And you, you will keep seeing new things about God as you spin that diamond around that you were talking about the other week. But... At another level, you know, once you've got through the scriptures, you know, your fifth or sixth or seventh time, you're not seeing new new things necessarily, but perhaps you're seeing huge areas of, of growth if, if you do that work of opening up your heart to let God change you and, and shift you to become more like Christ than you currently are. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You, you were saying that, Sam, my head went to, I just looked it up, Titus chapter 1. Mm. Um the knowledge um, of the truth that, that knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And I, I maybe I can just challenge people as we finish up. Yeah, great. If 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 you feel that you're growing in knowledge, but it's not not leading to godliness, mm. that that's cause for reflection. Indeed. Yep. Yep. Great. Raj, that's it for today. 17 questions, well done. Uh, Very quickly, this Sunday, you've already hinted at it, Ephesians 2, the whole chapter. We should read that in preparation. The whole chapter. Yep, okay. And, uh, yeah, we'll be uh, live. Uh, North Rocks will be streaming into this this one. They will be, yes, into this one. Fantastic. So look forward to it. We'll see you at church on Sunday. See you then. Thanks, everyone. Have a good week. Bye-bye.